The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 179th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat, and I am the host of this lovely show. And joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how you doing? Dude, it has been a strange couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I was fully... Uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute. Fully planning on recording last week. I I know it, we have not been the most consistent over the last few months. <laughs> we will get our consistency back. I am so sorry. We are still the longest weekly AEW podcast in history, even though that we're, we're, that weekly is starting to become up for debate. So we we plan to be more consistent. But last week uh, we got news before the show. Again, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I am doing well. Uh, uh, started a diet 15 days ago. Have lost 15 pounds. I'm on Let's go. Watchers. I'm on Weight Watchers and I'm walking. I got sick this weekend. Uh, so I didn't work. I haven't worked. hadn't worked out in a while. I got back to it today. That's good. So I'm trying to, trying to uh, make some changes in my life that way. Uh, number two, Friday night. I got to tell you. You know, in a week full of bad, and like I said, we will get to the bad. But I went and saw, like, a bucket list for me. Uh, Wrestling is one in my life. I love sports and all that stuff. But my favorite form of line entertainment that's not professional wrestling is stand-up comedy. I just think it's the rawest form of, uh, you you know, standing in front of a crowd and you're either funny or you're not. You bomb or you not. So my some of my favorite comedians through my life are Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, D.L. Hughley, uh, you know, those type of Bill Bellamy, those type of people. Well, in a rare circumstance in Oklahoma, in what was called the biggest comedy show in Oklahoma history, over 18,000 people in attendance uh, for, on a dual uh, bill, it was the Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock. Yeah. Uh, where the Thunder are. And man, it was amazing. It's one of the funniest nights of all time. I uh, even got a surprise. Donnell Rollins. I didn't really look at who was opening. Donnell Rollins, who you know from as Ashy Larry, and he used to be very big part 
of the Chappelle show. He opened for Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, and man, they killed it. They made fun of each other. They just hit on stories. Best thing about both of those comedians, you know, they'll make you laugh, but also try to teach you something while you're doing it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for anyone that is listening to the show and is offended by Dave Chappelle and all that stuff. I'm sorry that I brought him up. I'm not going to go into any of his act. I just had a really good time at the show. Uh, and yeah, just it was just an amazing show. Had a great time at the show. And yeah, just looking forward to it. Uh, and I was going to say this last week, but I didn't get a chance. Happy birthday to my tag team partner. Yeah. My, my boy. Mr. Austin Summerwitz, we had given him a week off for his birthday. JR yeah, had you. stepped up and it was like, yeah, you know, it's like it's your birthday. Go out and have fun. I'm all about birthday, so I am glad you got to do stuff. What did you do on your birthday? A uh, couple things. We went to go see, uh, me and my sister, we went to go see a movie. We went to go see Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish, which... I'm sure people might, if you've gone on Twitter, you might have seen this, but um, people have said that this movie has no right being as good as it is. And I was like, okay, well, how good could it legitimately be? I think it was one of my favorite movies I saw uh, that came out in uh, 2022. Um, holy shit, it's good. And I like I like the Shrek series. I like the, the last Puss in Boots movie that came out like years ago. This is really good. Like really, really good. So I highly recommend it. Um, it's great for kids, great for families, great for adults too, great for people who just turned 26. It's wonderful. Definitely recommend you go see it. Um, did that, and then also on uh, Wednesday, uh, hung out with the family, watched Dynamite, and uh, just enjoyed being around uh, uh, family and all that kind of stuff. Um, we also went to a golf simulator, which was a lot of fun. And I'm, I got to say, dude, I'm itching for the snow to be gone so I can start actually golfing consistently. Because, man, it just feels like my swing has gotten so much better. And I just feel like if I can get out there and then improve my putt game, I just feel like I'll get so much better. Because I, I, was, I was hitting the ball good. And I, was, I don't do that consistently. But, yeah, it was a good time. But, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about, too. When, when I came out of the movie, I saw the news that we'll talk about when we start the show. And, yeah, I was – that, that was a bummer for sure. Yeah, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, talk about your birthday, talk about our week. I mean, we got stuff to get into before we get into the other thing. Because once you, once you get into the thing, the big thing, the elephant in this room, it's like, oh, how do you go back to being, yay! How, you know, like I say, I know we're the proclivity of positivity. But, yeah, it's, we're going to have to take serious note for uh, a few minutes. So, uh, very happy my Chiefs won. Um, uh, and they're... Going to the AFC title game for the fifth time against the only team in the NFL that has beaten Patrick Mahomes three times, the Cincinnati Bengals. Not just three times in a row. They're the only team that has beat Patrick Mahomes a total of three times. That's how dominant he's been over the last five years. So I'm very excited about this game against the Bengals. That'll be in Kansas City. Uh yeah, I'm just like, and I got Rumble this weekend, which is the Royal Rumble this weekend. I am, go I do go to WWE shows. Like I said, I'm I love all wrestling. I love all. Well, I 
I root for all wrestling. I don't love all wrestling. There's course wrestling I don't like. I'm not a I like. I know that there's all sorts of people that have preferences or whatever. But going to the Royal Rumble, going with uh, going with my wife, gonna see Jr. there, gonna see Tiffany there. Uh, we're gonna see Cody. Yeah, meet up on. Sunday. They had to spoil it. They had to spoil it. Couldn't keep the surprise. Dude, I had already had my tickets. I was ninety nine percent sure it was Cody. <laughs> oh, I had already had my tickets. So when they announced it, I was like, oh, cool. You know, it was like, you just confirmed what I already knew. Because right. It was just like, this is exactly what they did at the WrestleMania. They have never done a secret person and it not been Cody. They've only done this twice. Both times hmm. it was Cody. So. Oh, man. Yeah. It was, it, they had a tail. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't do this. So I'm You very, don't. Yeah, I'm very happy to uh, be going to the Royal Rumble, and then get to see Cody on Sunday, and then watch the Chiefs game at a bar or a hotel, just depending on what we're up to. So we're going to have a good weekend. Uh, you got any plans coming up, sir? Any uh, No events right now. I mean, we're debating um, right now about if we're going to go when tickets go on sale to Double or Nothing again. Okay. Um, we just got to make sure if things line up. Um, things have been busy, you know, we're, we're getting towards the end of a uh, high school basketball season, like at neck, like in a couple weeks. So playoffs are going to start pretty soon. So I've been incredibly busy with, with that. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm sure if a match gets announced or something like we're like, we have to see that, uh, we'll go for it, but we got to decide pretty quickly for sure. Dude. Um, but at this point right now, nothing, nothing too much. I need a, a I need AEW. I was gonna talk about this at the end of the show. I need an AEW to announce two things. I need two announcements from AEW. One, when is this freaking video game coming out? That yes. Okay. Uh, again, I will talk about this in the extra notes, but that's the one announcement I need. And number two is when the UK show is, because that mm-hmm. really is gonna shake my summer. You know, For I sure. am, I'm actually at the point. Or if it came down to it, I would skip Double or Nothing, something I've never done, to make sure I could go to the UK show. So That would be awesome. I would fucking love it. As someone who wanted to go to the UK for forever, if I got to go to the UK and then also see AEW in the UK and then see my friends like from Cultaholic and maybe go to an Arsenal game at the same time, like if I could do all of that, that shit would be amazing. Yeah, and that's what I want to do. I want to make it a trip. And if I have to give up other trips, you know, stuff, like I said, I've never, at this point in my life, I've never missed the AEW pay-per-view where they allowed just normal pedestrians in. All, you know, all except one, right? I've been to all of them. So for me to say I am willing to end my streak to go to the UK, that means, you know, that shows how much it means to me. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well. Had the jolly time of the day, and this is honestly this could be this is going to be kind of down, but there's some feel good stuff in it because how how the wrestling community has stepped up, how Tony Khan has stepped up, right? In a way, how Warner Brothers Discovery has finally stepped up has mm-hmm. all positive things we can bring out the situation. Go ahead and introduce it. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, let me get this out of the way, too, real quick before we talk about this. I mean, like, thank, again, thank you guys for listening to the show. Please continue to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts and share us around if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you do. 
And uh, you can leave a rating and review, and you can follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. You can follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible. I'm at Austin Sumowitz, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. All of that's out of the way now. So um, the big the big news of the week was one that hit the wrestling world really, really hard, um, which was that, unfortunately, last week, uh, Jay Briscoe had unfortunately passed away in a car accident. Um, and, yeah, it's an absolutely brutal thing. Um, I want to say, like, off top right now, too, um, his, his daughter is going through an uphill battle, too, right now as we speak um, and is still in the hospital um, in recovering. Um, I know that I believe the family has put out, uh, a f- uh, like some sort of GoFundMe that you can donate to if you would like to. Um, I I'm sure if we have it, we'll link it, uh, with the show. If we have the link to it, I will make uh, sure it's in the link for the show. Yes, I also perfect. have tweeted it out from, I was going to say, I, I think I saw, I saw, I saw you tweeted out. Um, yeah. So if you have any way that you want to like, give them some support, like do that. Because again, I feel for that entire family. I mean, they're going through an incredible tumultuous time. So again, our thoughts were, are absolutely with them, but there, she's still there. His daughter is still through a fight right now. So I would absolutely recommend that if you can donate, please donate. Um, but I mean, this, this was, this was a brutal announcement. Cause I mean, like we're fresh off of the incredible feud that we've had with FTR and the Briscoes, um, capped off with that incredible tag team dog collar match. Um, we were getting ready to go into the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view. I know they were going to get ready to start announcing stuff for that uh, as the weeks and months went along. Uh, and uh, it, it was a bummer. It was a massive, massive bummer because it just came it, for, it just came out of nowhere. And it was a horrible, horrible situation. Um, it's terrible for Mark as well. Um, we did at least get some bright news as originally because – it was reported that they were going to do a tribute episode of Dynamite uh, for Jay, and Warner Brothers Discovery uh, didn't allow it. So they have done a Ring of Honor show dedicated to Jay Briscoe. It hasn't aired yet, but fans have already seen it live. Um, and they did fi- finally allow Mark Briscoe to appear on AEW Dynamite. He will be appearing uh, tonight when you guys hear this, facing off against Jay Lethal in uh, a big tribute match for sure. Um, wish it was under better circumstances for sure. But I mean, this, this was incredibly rough and shocking to say the least. Um, and yeah, it it just, it's, we hate when a member of the wrestling, uh, world passes in any sort of way, but at like at his age and he was doing incredible work. And then just from a freak thing like that, again, um, it continues to remind you guys that, like, you know, we have to cherish everything that we have, and because we don't know how long we'll have it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say on it. I just, I was heartbroken when I heard this. Absolutely heartbroken. All right. Um, so, Jay Briscoe. Um, it's weird to say this. Um, like, I always, I take the wrestler stuff like very heavily. Uh, I, it happened last week and I, I, you know, I was like, I want to do a show. I want to talk about it, but it was like, I can't, mm-hmm. I, and you know, me, I'm just like, 
if I'm, I'm not if I'm not feeling it and if I'm not going to bring energy, if I'm not going to do this, I'm just not going to show up. And that's how it was. Uh, me and JR were talking. We were literally talking. What we could have done probably is just record us talking about Jay Briscoe as a podcast because that's what we did for like hours going through the stats and the videos. And man, uh, this dude, let me tell you, going through his videos and stuff, I am. I was never a huge Briscoe's fan. I'm not going to sit here and say I've seen hundreds of thousands of Briscoe's matches. I've seen a lot of ROH. They were always there. And they always entertained. And they always put on good matches. I can never say I've watched a Briscoe match and was like, man, that match wasn't great. Good. But one thing I slept on through his career, uh, through it, is how good of a promo this man was. And they had the style, the cell phone sitting up on the cell phone sitting up on like a table and then they just press record and they just talk at it. And he conveyed so much emotion in his voice and his eyes. And he'd be always be the serious pissed off one of the group. And Mark would be out there. I wouldn't call him comic relief, but Mark would just be like. Like kind of rambling on because he's like the crazy one of the group and and it but he was crazy he was crazy like a fox and Mark is crazy like a fox as in you know he would say these intelligent things but he'd say it in his Mark way but Jay would always bring it home like you know and everybody's like Terry uh, Terry Funk never wore no mouth guard that's been a line that I heard <coughs> he's like y'all talk about being focused. We don't got time to be focused. He's like, we got, we work at a chicken farm. We got work to do. We don't got time to be focused. It's like stuff, everything he said in his promos, there was a reality to that I was not aware of. I did not appreciate until Tuesday, January 17th. Okay. He was very much underrated and underappreciated to me as far as his promos. As far as his wrestling skill, Supercard of Honor 2022, uh, Final Battle 2022, one in Dallas, one in Arlington. I was in the building for both. Two of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen live. When I did my match of the year, they were one and two before any of this happened. They grew, they drew more emotion out of me in those matches than I ever asked. It's like I left those matches both excited and exhausted because I left all my energy in those matches because they took and brought all the energy out of me. Those four men focusing on Jay went out there and left it all out there to entertain all of us. And I will never forget it. Ever. I... One of the immediate things I did is uh, there's this one with Jay and uh, Dax in the middle of the ring just both bleeding. And they had a print up. And I made sure I bought that because it's going to be up in front of me while I work and while I do my podcast for as long as we do this podcast. I am eternally grateful for what Jamin Pugh a.k.a. Jay Briscoe, brought to professional wrestling into my life. 
uh, wrestling uh, is the most important thing for me as far as entertainment, as far as art forms, as far as everything. So I always say this, and I, I hope people don't take it lightly when I say it. If you ever took a bump, if you ever entertained me, you've ever been on the show, I appreciate you. But when you've entertained me to the level that the Briscoes have, I, you know, it's always going to be a special part. Me being 41 and him being, you know, he's about to turn 39. You know, today, today, we're actually talking on what have been his 39th birthday. And it hits even harder about how short this life is. And I often leave you at the end of the show. Be nice to people. Hug your people. Tell them you love them now. And I'm going to say do it. And like literally right after it happened. It's just like my Twitter is full of just people like in the DMs. I love you. I love you. And I'm telling them I love you back. And it's not something that, you know, like. Any of my friends have to worry about because I, I am, unfortunately, I am, fortunately or unfortunately, it depends on your point of view. I am very liberal with the I love you and telling people how much I care about them all the time. You know, I'm always on the borderline of crying because the people in my life mean the world to me. So the people in his life meant the world to him. Everything you can tell the character of the man by what the people that knew him, truly knew him, truly were around him every day. I saw no, from anyone that actually knew him, I saw not one bad post. Everything was out about how genuine he was, how much he loved his family, how much he was willing to help you, how much he was willing to help put matches, how he was always smiling. It's just like constant, levels of just post after post about how genuine and great this man is and and I, this is not about me but i will say this if 10 percent of the people 10 if 10 percent of the love that came for this man comes from me i lived an immaculate life that's how great of a life this man lived it was too short but when he was here he touched people he made them know that he cared and know that he loved them. And he took care of people. From what I can say, from what I can tell, he was just a good man. And I don't speak on that very often. But like I said, you don't have the amount of tributes he does. You don't have the amount of fake, uh, Twitter posts from co-workers, former employees, boss, bosses, you know, people that didn't know him. NXT shouted him out, you know. You know, the SmackDown shouted him out. The whole wrestling world came together to tell this man how much they loved him. And it's amazing. I'm not going to give any credence to anyone else to say anything else. Because this man showed who he was in his life. Yes, sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you do things that you're not comfortable with. But it's your actions that show who you are. And in this case, this man has done everything through his career and his actions to show that he's a good man. And the world is a little less bright. It's a little less tough. 
and there's a little less love without him in it. And it's just terrible. And I've always, I've heard, I've read the reports of the accident. I would never speculate on anything when it comes to that accident. All I got to say is I personally am a Christian. I know some of you might not be, and I completely understand that. But I am putting my hands together and my thoughts, prayers, and hopes are with his daughters who are in the hospital with their recovery. They have improved. I believe they're both eating on their own right now and have started like occupational, all the therapy, physical and occupational therapy to get back. So I pray for them to get fully healthy, but I pray for his family to deal with to deal with this because unfortunately this is this is their reality now. I mean, I know it's sad for me, but I will never feel what it is to lose someone. I, I, I mean, I will never understand like his effect on them. His brother, Mark, who's they've literally only ever done this together. You know what I mean? Not just as a tag team, but when they were singles, you know, they've been together doing this forever, you know, and, mm -hmm. and his wife that he was with for a long time and he has like kids. I believe he had an ex another son. It's just this this life is crazy. It was a tragic loss. I don't like I, nothing I'm going to say is going to be enough. So, but if you can use this for anything, if you can use this for anything, tell your people you love them. Find if you don't like saying the words or whatever, find a gesture, find a a song that you want to sing them. Let them know that they matter to you because you don't know when you'll have a chance to do this again. And every how the wrestling world has come together. Over, I think it was over $300,000 have been donated to his family. Uh, a lot of people are picking up bills and all sorts of things. And, you know, they're taking care of their family the best way they can. And like, like uh, the tribute shirt came out, I, I bought it as soon as it came out. And it's just like, if you can buy a shirt, you can add money to the Add money to the uh, give account. Uh, I forgot what it's called. Like send me something. And, and like I said, the link will be in the uh, post. But yeah, uh, R.I.P. Jay uh, Briscoe, Jamin Pugh, R.I.P. You, you, and I thank you for your existence. I thank you for existing. And I think that's all I got left. Yeah, I, I can't add much else to that. So yeah, same thing. Rest in peace to one half of one of the best tag teams um, that I have ever had the pleasure to see live. Um, first time I saw Briscoes was all all in, and yeah, you knew right then uh, when I saw them wrestle. I was just like, yeah, they're special. Um, I'm excited to see what Mark does on Dynamite tonight, but we'll we'll move on now um, and try to get back into our normal. Uh, regularly scheduled program. Um, so we'll get into Dynamite from last week uh, that took place um, in Fresno, California. Uh, still sticking in Cali after they had their show at the Kia Forum the week before. Um, show did open up with a tribute to Jay Briscoe. Um, and we opened up with the All-Atlantic Championship being defended as freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy faced off against Jay Lethal. 
Um, and it was also announced in this match that if Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, and Jeff Jarrett interfered, uh, Sat- Sanjay Dutt would be fired. Um, and what they proceeded to do was then go over to ringside and just knock some fans out of the uh, out of their seats and then just take them themselves. Um, Danhausen also was there, dressed up as an usher, and he was like, uh, "No, come over, come over here!" And then gets Trent and Chuck Taylor to come over and sit at ringside, taking their seats. And they had uh, popcorn and pop and all that kind of stuff. And Lethal uh, and OC was in the ring, uh, considering continuing to wrestle. Um, and then um, the best part about this, however, though, was when because um, the match itself I thought was fine. You know, Orange Cassidy and Jay Lethal they do good work. It was a solid opening match. But then afterwards, the match happens, and uh, there's a moment where uh, Orange Cassidy uh, missed the orange punch and get, got hit with the lethal injection, however. But while the ref was distracted uh, and Orange Cassidy rolled out of the ring, Jeff Jarrett tries to hand off his guitar to Jay Lethal, but Danhausen takes it and poses with the guitar, and that has become another like meme-worthy moment of... Uh, fucking dan Housen with his guitar i know multiple people have already been like what's he playing and like has put songs over top of uh, of that picture which is awesome and then orange cassidy managed to in the cat chaos hit the orange punch pin jay lethal get the win and then satnam Singh proceeded to go after the best friends and sanjay stopped him saying you're gonna get me fired Jarrett tried to smash um the guitar on orange cassidy but sanjay then took it out of jeff's hands and then told them to get out. Because he's like, if y'all do this, I'm going to get fired. And I was just like, but I mean, the match is over. Like, can't you technically do that and not be fired? It was if they interfered in the match, they would be fired. And I was just like, if, if, if you if you were Sanjay and you could get fired, are you taking a chance? I mean, that's true. But I was yeah. just like, I think I he mean, was just being extra cautious. He's I like, guess yeah. he, I guess he really is just like, look, man, I got kids. I can't I can't afford my job being up for grabs. Um, but I thought this was a fun little opening segment. It's not one that we typically get to open up Dynamite. It's a little bit more different than the types of openers that we've gotten. Um, Dan Housen, I'm sorry, you stole the show. And it's like not even funny how good he was in this in this segment and match. Um, him with that fucking guitar, dude. I was pissing myself. It was so funny. Dude, the whole Jeff Jarrett thing, like, if you would have told me, hey, they're going to bring Jeff Jarrett in and he's actually going to be, like, getting ring time and all that stuff, I honestly would have told you why. That yeah. would have been my question, like, why? Man, this hack has been so entertaining. Just, like, in general, even even brought some personality out of Sotnam Singh and, you know, Jay Lethal, who is, like, it's just, they lose pretty much all the time. But they do it in such an entertainment way that their segments are never dead. The crowd's always into it. Yeah. They're, they're just, yeah, it just works. Sometimes you just accidentally fall onto something, you know. And Jeff Jarrett works because he plays this slimy old school heel. And, you know, he comes out there and the crowd is like booing him. And he gets it. He understands what he's supposed to do. Yeah, no, it's another instance of AEW using legendary legendary talent and old school legends um, and using them properly. You know, not having them bury young talent, not having them like steal the spotlight. They they do what they need to do and they do it incredibly well still, despite their age. And 
it still gives a spotlight to some of the young talent. Like again, like Danhausen getting the steal, like that. I mean, that's another moment with him being like con- continuing to just be the gift that keeps on giving. I love Danhausen. Um, we then moved on to our brand new two-time AW World Trios champions, the Young Bucks. Uh, with the elite, uh, it was the young bucks in a tag team match facing off against top flight. Um, and this is typical young bucks outstandingly good, uh, tag team work against top flight. Again, I'm so glad, da- uh, Darius Martin is back because I still believe that Dante, while I love Dante, like him and Darius together are so good. It's like ridiculous. Like I get it. Dante's done like, some good singles work before, but I still think top flight as a unit is just like, it's 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 hard for me not to want to keep them together all the time because not only are they just great wrestlers, but it's their chemistry and their their choreography that they do with their um, tag team maneuvers. It's just outstanding. Um, there's a moment, however, in the match, uh, they uh, the Young Bucks proceeded to hit Darius with the Briscoe's Doomsday device, which I love that tribute. And I believe did were they the ones that had uh armbands or was were i know because there were a couple of wrestlers on the show yeah, that had arm uh yeah the jacksons had armbands and they pointed yeah. to the sky before they did the- yeah before they did the doomsday device they hit the uh they pointed to the sky for that which i i love that tribute um they tried to go for the bte trigger on darius but he dodged it and then eventually darius is gonna pin the young bucks and get the upset win um and they were talking about how this could be a gigantic year for Top Flight, which, hey, listen, I know it's you might want to strike with Top Flight. Well, you can because, listen, knock on wood, but Darius has had some bad luck. Hopefully that's all out and besides ourselves, and like we're past all that because you want to try to go and get Top Flight some momentum? Absolutely, I'm all for it because I think Darius and Dante are outstanding. Um, huge upset went for them. Um, and yeah, this is a really, really good match and a great little tribute that we got also for Jay Briscoe. Um, yeah, I thought this was really good. Yeah, match was um, um, it, match was really good. I want to say this: you can see that Top Flight's their team. Top Flight is the team that they're gonna push uh, very much. So I mean, they're their guys at uh, at ROH. At ROH uh, pay per view at the final battle, they beat the Kingdom. One they of, did one of the ROH's greatest tag teams. They then got in a fight in a feud. I forgot who the, that was with another tag team, and then they just got a win over the Young Bucks. If that doesn't say, hey, these guys are going to be AEW tag team champions or ROH tag team champions very soon, nothing does. They are very much on the upswing. I truly believe this is working towards a huge match for them. I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's working towards a huge match coming up. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, I'm all for it because I think Top Flight is a team that we wanted to see get pushed so badly. But just because of, you know, typical uh, uh, bad luck, we haven't had the chance to. But yeah, no, every time. It's so and, we're so close. They start it, and you can see the push is coming, and then something happens. So, um, you know, yeah. hoping that they can stay healthy. Same. Uh, so they can go. Uh, the Young Bucks was great, but honestly, come on, they left something on the table in this. They match. did. No question. No question. No, no, Again, this match. <clears throat> there is a bigger match to come. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just saying I don't know when this happened. But there's going to be a bigger match where the Young Bucks and Top Flight are going to go out there and Dave Meltzer is going to talk about how it's one of the best American tag team matches you've ever seen. I'm sure that'll be the case for sure. Um, but then we had uh, we were supposed to hear from uh, the acclaimed, the AEW Tag Team Champions, except the guns came out, demanded a mic, and uh, called out... Uh, uh, well, actually, no. Max Caster then told uh, basically the backstage crew to shut off Austin Gunn's mic. Uh, Max came out, he rapped, they got face-to-face, and uh, the guns then proceeded to go after the acclaimed. Billy Gunn tried to separate it and then was like, I'm sick and tired of this. We're going to sit down and we're going to hash this out. Family therapy is what we're going to have to solve. And I was just like, okay, this could be an interesting segment. So this now we're going to have family therapy between... Um, Basically, all of uh, Billy Gunn's kids with Max Caster and Anthony Bowens and Austin and Colton Gunn. It so can, weird. It can be very fun, or this could be terrible. Yeah, there's I two ways this can go. I personally hope this is pre-recorded. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're probably like filmed do in the back and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, and it, it just feels like whenever they do stuff like this, they'll get out in the middle of the ring, and there's like this dead space where people are waiting for something to happen. And I'm like, man, this... Well, and also we've seen, too, the acclaimed are really good with that pre-produced content. Yeah. Like, when it it comes to the music videos and when it comes to the pre-produced diss tracks and stuff like that. Like, especially that one scene with with them and Captain Insano laughing their asses off. Like, I mean, like, that right there was outstanding. So it would be amazing if this was pre-recorded because, again... You you have a chance of getting something like you know anger management with uh, Kane and uh, and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, so you, I, I mean there's a there is a route to this being really over and really really good, and yeah. I think that route it might be the pre recorded route, but they might go in the middle of the ring. But I'm just like you. We'll talk about it later. This card is stacked. It's just oh, when yeah. you do it pre recorded, you can edit it for time and fit it into your. Uh, fitting into your exactly. spot, and there's no part for it to go over. So I don't know. That's how I see it. I'm not a production guy. It's just a thought. As soon as I heard about this, and I'm like, I hope this is pre-recorded. We'll see. We'll see what it, what the case is. I don't know about you, but I when I when I mentioned anger management with Kane and, and Brian, yeah. um, immediately my mind went back to that fucking ridiculous BTE segment of Cody. I know you, Harold. Yeah. I was just fuck. That shit makes me laugh so hard. And especially now because they've I, – I will get off of this real quick. I, I, this is a really bad tangent I'll get off on because we've got people that are making fun of like, you know, oh, I took the vaccine and these were my side effects. And it was them like pretending to have fucking shaking spasms and like making fun of it, a whole thing. Um, and they used Cody's money spasms as a, like – uh, my friend Cody Reynolds took uh, uh, the the F- Pfizer vaccine, and now this is happening to him. And he's like, Ugh, and he's having the money spasms. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I don't know if you've seen that, but the fact that they've taken that, they've used that in that whole meme trend that's happening is absolutely. I've that I've, shit's so funny. I've seen the funny uh, the uh, the money shakes. That's what it was called. Actually, I yeah, that was it. And yeah, I think I have the money shakes shirt. Oh yeah, I forgot they did do a shirt. Yeah, yeah, I think I have that shirt that I wore zero times. 
Yep. I like literally bought it and never wore it. I feel like that's probably the case with a lot of shirts because especially during that time period. Um, but we then had a backstage interview with Hangman Adam Page uh, saying how after his first match, John took something from me. I feel like after I beat him last week, John Moxley, I at least have my word back. Um, so, you know, he put me to sleep. He wants to make a joke out of it. And second match, I knocked him out. If I have some fences I need to mend, I don't want to get overly specific. If you get the chance, could you tell? Never mind. And then just basically was like, you know, trying to mend. It seemed like, you know, his friendship with uh, the Young Bucks, which he was trying to get back. I took it as a different thing, but I refuse to go any further with that. Um, but yeah, no, I thought this was a nice little backstage segment anyway. Um, and again, Hangman's character work has always been some of my favorite stuff. Yeah, I think, you know, I completely agree with that. I think it's uh, uh, what it's leading to. I, I Hangman, you know, so good with the backstage stuff because this was supposed to convey some complicated feelings. I'm yeah. glad that I got my revenge. I'm also glad. Hey, I'm also sad that I hurt your husband. And I mm-hmm. wasn't trying to yeah. hurt him. And I only hurt him because he hurt me. But I'm not really happy that he's hurt. And he was conveying that in every, like, like everything that he was saying and how he was saying it and the, his body, you know, like his body motion, right, his yeah. facial experience, especially as he was conveying that. And then he was like, well, I got to go say I'm sorry or whatever to some people. But this is like, I don't want to tell you this because you don't care. You're worried about your husband. And, you know, like, it, it was... It was one of the better performances I've ever seen in AEW. I, d- I mean, I, I truly believe that. I thought that was one of the better performances I've ever seen. Yeah, no, he's and, – and it's Hangman's so good with that character work. He really is. Yeah. Um, we then had the Jericho Appreciation Society with Jake Hager taking on absolute Ricky Starks. Uh, there was a moment where uh, Ricky uh, took Jake Hager's hat uh, – and like basically stole it from him, which was nice. Um, this match, though, I mean, like it pretty much got uh, Hager beaten pretty pretty quickly after um, he dodged the Hager bomb. However, Jericho got really pissed afterwards when Ricky Starks got the win, and then Daniel Garcia and Sammy come down. Ricky is managing to get away in the crowd, and uh, JAS continuing to try to shut down uh, uh, Ricky Starks, but can't just it's just not working he ricky's just too good so uh nice continuation of this feud this segment was all right um i think it did its job but like there's nothing too incredibly memorable other than when hager's hat was stolen by ricky you know i love me some jake hager i tell everybody oklahoma's own jake hager but yeah he does not put on memorable matches yeah yeah his matches are highly forgettable he lost Everything around the match was pretty fun, but, you know, it was just like, oh, J.K. you're lost again. Cool. <coughs> it, it is what it is. And moving on. Um, yeah, yep. got a thing. Yeah, like, move on. Yep. Backstage, though, he said how Sammy and he should have a match next week against Ricky Starks and Jackson Action Andretti. Uh, Daniel Garcia wanted to be in there, and Sammy was like, no, oh, you could take my spot. And I was just like, that's quite interesting how Sammy just was like, go ahead, take my spot then. Uh, 
So there was that. And um, then we had the American Dragon Brian Danielson facing off against Bandito. This, this was the first time, like, first match on the show that, like, really, like, I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, you know, the Young Bucks in Top Flight did a really good job as well. But this was the first match where I was just like, let's fucking go. So it took a little while. Like I said, you would think that this would be a match that would open the show. Um, And I think on any other card it would. Um, But, yeah, this match was really, really fucking good. Um, Danielson was doing some great work. Bandito also outstanding work countering Brian's moves. Um, It's just fucking outstanding stuff. Um, Because, again, when um, Brian faced Takeshita, I know I I wasn't able to talk about it last week. Brian's match against Takeshita, fucking stellar. Brian's match against Bandito, also fucking stellar. Danielson's just going on and putting on outstanding matches against crazy fucking good wrestlers. And again, I'm I'm so stoked for Takeshita Bandito again. I, I, I was like, oh yeah, I'm happy Bandito's here. But then like every time I see him in a match, I'm just like, oh yeah, no, Bandito is that dude. Yeah, he's good. He's really, really good. Um and yeah, so he was able to get the victory. Uh MJF then gets on the screen and goes, You know, I see everyone saying I'm not worthy of my position right now. It's like to think of all these moments I've given you. He, he mentions the fickle line, which I, I thought that was a great call. Uh, Brian was like, look, since uh, you and I first crossed paths, you've only dealt with masked Max. But the closer we get to our match, the more my mask slips off. So you don't want that. You may think that you're a dragon, but a dragon is no match for a monster behind the mask. And I was just like, all right, shout out. That was a good little segment, good little promo after the match. Um, this... At this point in time, this was my uh, one of my favorite parts of this show. This shit, this match was the shit. I thought this was good. Yeah, the match was great. Bandito is freakishly strong. When they decide to push him whenever that is, it's going to be amazing because this dude does not know how to have a bad match. Uh, he's, I mean, his look is very much something that uh, I would say like a casual or someone that doesn't watch wrestling would get. He's ripped to the freaking shreds i mean that dude has a physique that you know people pay a lot of money and take a lot of drugs to get so yeah and him and brian nielsen went out there and put on an amazing match they put on like a dream match for some people and you know and and again they left something there if brian nielsen becomes the champion and they put on another world title match i feel like there's at least two more levels that this match could have went and it was a very fun tv match and then Max, and Max got to being Max. Max got to be the bad guy everybody wants him to be, the devil, the person that's evil, not the person that is taking cheap heat or saying uh, stuff that other people don't like, you know, whatever. It, it's very funny. I was going to say this last week, how people are so particular how they want their villains to be villains, right? Right. And it's so weird to me because it's like, it's like if you're watching a movie or a TV show and the guy's a bad guy, no matter what they do, you accept it because they're a bad guy, right? But for some mm-hmm. reason in this amazing world of wrestling, well, don't be a bad guy like that. Don't be mean like that. Don't do right. this. Don't be – that's what – I mean, bad guys are these things, and it's just so weird to me. They're like, oh, it's cringe. No, 
It's him being a bad guy. You're not supposed to like it. And it's just like, you you don't want to say it because you know these people that you're talking to are seemingly intelligent people that understand wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying something you don't know. But I feel like your reaction is making me say something that I know you already know. Right? It's just mm-hmm. like, people are going to choose to paint. Like, wrestling's an art, and people are going to paint the way they do. MJF is a bad guy that you've never seen before, right? Let mm-hmm. him do his thing. He's a little bit Lex Luthor, but he's a little bit Donald Trump, you know? He's he's a little bit, you know, he's a little bit of a lot of villains. He's a little bit Roddy Piper. He's a little bit Triple H. He's a little bit of all of these things because he's the ultimate villain, and it's just like, I just get, like, everybody should express their opinions, but when I get online and I see these, like, people like, well, he didn't have to go there. If you didn't like it, he did his job. That's all, again, that's what MJF does. All that shit. Dude, he said some hor- like horrid shit. Yes. Some horrid shit. Yes. He has said stuff that will make what he said to Kikesha look like a compliment. You know? Oh, yeah. Is, the, yeah, the Takesha lines. Yeah, that was the one. Yes. And, I mean, dude, literally last week, too. I mean, shout out to that segment when he was just like, Oh, I'm just going to shoot on fucking Ken Young and fucking <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. who are in the crowd. I'm just going to rip them to shreds. I love how Ken Young just played along. Dude, he was – yeah, he had a great moment where he had his little stare down with Big Bill. I was like, that fucking yes. – like, that this was a moment. He understands that this is a show. And fans, you are a part of the show. I'm not saying yes. ever be a physical part of the show, but yeah, if you want to yell and they want to yell at you and you want to come back, that's all a part of the show. That's the great thing about wrestling. I always said the crowd, if the crowd really realizes how much they're a part of the show, I'm not saying try to make it about you, but you really are a part of what makes it. Magic. But you can, you can sometimes add, fans do sometimes definitely add. Yeah, you they can def- enhance it. I'm like, so yeah, when MJF says that stuff about the catch, boo the shit out of him. Like, boo. I mean, like, boo to the point where they got to turn up his mic. And, you know, and when Takeshita finally punches him in the face and calls him an asshole, cheer the hell out of him. Yeah. That's, that's, this is wrestling. That is the beauty of this art is that you do that. And it's just like, it was some. this was something I was going to go into last week. It's just like, yeah. dude, when you're watching the show, and I know it, do your best to turn off everything you know, the working, the uh, working, the, you know, you know, he's playing to heal the face and stuff and just live in the moment of wrestling. Just live in it. Be the little kid. Turn your brain back to you when you're eight years old and all this stuff was real. And I guarantee you, you will enjoy it more. Now, yes, when you go on the podcast and you want to break it down or you do your show, absolutely do that. I'm not telling you that taking it away. But for that two hours that you're watching the show, man, just be eight. Just watch the show and react like your eight-year-old self would react. Yeah. No, again, MJF, another great moment for him for sure. And, again, he's still – been outstanding so far as w as AEW world champion my god i nearly said that yeah uh <laughs> that's funny yeah but uh we then uh got an announcement basically about how next week uh it would be brian cage who danielson will be facing 
Um, and then also MJF then proceeded to come over and have a padded envelope and said, it's all this money. It would be for Cage if he could break Danielson's arm the next week. So there's that we got to look forward to. Uh, we had Willow Nightingale face off against Tony Storm with Soraya uh, backing up Tony Storm. Um, and yeah, I thought this was pretty good. Um, the thing that was a bit surprising, however, was when um, s- during the match, however, Soraya jumped up and actually distracted Willow during it. And that helped uh, Tony roll up Willow and get the pin. And then Soraya then proceeds to attack Willow after the match. And I was just like, what? I was like, hang on, what? I mean, like, I mean, that to me, I was like, okay. And then Ruby Soho came down, evened it up for Willow. Kind of threw me off, not going to lie. I mean, like, look, I I, I will say um, my memory isn't completely fresh on the week before on Dynamite. Um, did I miss something? Because Soraya doing that, like, distraction and then also blindsiding Willow, I was just kind of like, I'm sorry, what? When did this switch happen? Are they really nope. trying to... Last week, they set the they set the uh, path that it may happen because she made the the point that uh, she made the point that these she called them the uh, AEW originals don't get it and that was the first time it had really talked about the originals versus the outsiders and then when she was cutting the promo heading into this match she was like these girls just have never been anywhere and you know and uh and haven't done anything and she just like sticking her hands out like shocked so it very much in the interview the change of attitude was okay so then so then yes so then it wasn't because it was like i saw i saw i knew there was like one promo or something like that but i wasn't gonna make the call on one promo so yes okay there this was leading up to that so i i guess just to me i'm still i'm still so used to soraya like you know on the whole return recovery uh, run that she was on. Um, but yeah, yeah okay. I mean, they had to drop it. I mean, sure. Brit yeah, is, they did. Brit is more over. Yes. Uh, Jamie is way more over. Yep. This is going to be the best way. So, to so then I, uh, I will sorry. ask, I will ask, I will ask then um, not to interrupt though, but then like, so what does this mean for Tony? Then? Yeah, she's ill. So she's she's alongside it too. Yeah, she's with us, right? Because what they're building to is, I, I've heard it called many things, but it's going to be the AEW homegrown stars versus the outsiders for the girls. Yes. So this is the women's version of their NWO, and it's going to be led by Soraya and Tony Storm, and you're probably going to see more turns. Uh, use more turns. I mean, you've already you, you've already got you've already got uh. Uh oh shit! Why am I blanking on her name? Uh, Athena. Yeah, you've already got Athena. You already got Athena. You got Sheeta as one of the originals. And there's a lot of different ways they can go because Jay can get involved or not because she's an AEW original. Or you know, uh, you got Ruby, which you could honestly say she's not an original. You know what I mean? And so it's a lot of different ways they can go with this. I'm sure. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I was one of the first to speculate with my friend, with JR. We had put the tweet out about, you know, we think this may lead to the first ever women's blood and guts. And that would be wild. And that would be beautiful. And yeah, if it all built to that, that would for sure be unreal. Yes. 
Yeah, but this storyline, it it literally can do exactly what Soraya says she can do. This is the perfect opportunity to raise AEW up another level. But also with that other level, hopefully the excitement and the fans come, and then you can put the matches in better positions on the show. And right. I, I know people, I, I, I see it. I see the people complaining about, you know, you know, the position on the show of the women's matches. Unfortunately, the positions come with popularity. You know what I yes. mean? And it's just like, yes, you want a woman's match in the first segment. But is that woman's match going to maintain the audience from Big Bang Theory? Which is very much a huge part of the first segment. And if you put it in that second segment or the third segment, is it going to maintain the audience or are people going to turn the channel? And it's un- as much as a fan of women's wrestling I am, I think I have pretty much every a, a, a women's shirt from like everybody in the show. So I'm very much appreciative of it. It is, you know, when you're, when you're bringing numbers up, you have to put what draws most in the best spots. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It does. No. Like, yeah. I, I get wish it, yeah. you could do a dynamite. Well, I wish you could do a dynamite one week where it's literally all women's matches and all women's show. That would be, they, yeah, exactly. I hope awesome. we can build to that point. But, but if you're looking at how the numbers trend, that show wouldn't draw very well. So we're building up this feud, hopefully. We'll build up the interest, and you can get some better positions for the women's on the show. Yeah, there you go. Um, we then get to the main event, which is the TNT Championship Open Challenge between Darby Allen and Kushida. Holy shit, did they make Kushida look like a big deal, and I'm so glad for that. I know the the moment that people were talking about was when he does his uh, his watch pose, and then the lights shut off while his entrance was happening, like and had like the different types of lights, and then they come back on, and he looks around like, that shit was cool. Um, I was so fucking hyped for this, and it was outstanding. Um I mean, this match like immediately was already starting to go as they were really focusing in on uh, Darby Allen's arm. Uh, Kushida was focusing in on that, trying to really work in to get ready for the uh, try to work that up to get into the hoverboard lock. Um, Darby at one point uh, hits a coffin splash and hits a code red, but is just like still going after the arm. Um, And then Darby, there's a point where he grabs a steel chair, puts uh, Kushida on that chair. He looks like he's going to dive on top of him with a coffin drop on the chair. Kushida then moves the chair, gets out of the way, and Darby hits the floor, and then he puts into him an armbar there. I thought it was a botch at first, and then when I saw him get it into an armbar, I was like, oh, that was slick. That was really, really slick. Um, Then there's a moment where he gets the hoverboard lock, and the members of the LA Dojo for New Japan were actually there, and they offered Sting off to the side. Uh, a towel to throw it in, just be like, and you can end this. And he was just like, daps his hair, which looked odd. I will say, I was not his hair looked odd that night. I will say, he daps his face and hair, throws the towel into the crowd, being like, I'm not throwing the towel in for Darby. Uh, eventually, though, he blocks it and turns it over with the Last Supper, pins Kushida, it retains the TNT Championship. Respect shown for both members, both men after the match. Hell of a closer, I will say. And again, I love how they made Kushida look like such a big deal uh, in his entrance and just the way that he was showcased, I thought, was awesome. And um, Darby, again, 
love that dude. He's been outstanding. And I'm glad at least that we're getting a lot more t- like this, this all of a sudden, like this TNT championship stuff, like this is good shit. I like this a lot. Like, I know we've had a lot of problems with the TNT title recently. This I'm, I'm all for this. Dude, so Darby's bringing the TNT title back. This is his Cody run. Yeah, no, yeah, legit. He's just coming out and having banger after banger after banger, and he's making the belt matter, and he can lose any night because he's wrestling every week. So you can legitimately see any of these people beating him, and, you know, Kushida's amazing. He he, he works his style. Kushida is like, this is what I do, and this is what I'm going to bring to every match. I know how to put a bar and bar in a situation. I'm watching this match, and I'm seeing Darby work the style, and I'm like, good Lord, their styles work so well together. And I'm just like, they're building up a lot of anticipation, and he has them in the arm bar, and it's like, yeah, no, Sting's not tapping out for Darby. No, Sting's not going to throw in the no. car Darby. What are you talking about? He's like, Sting is like Rocky in four. If Darby dies, he dies. <laughs> he's like, he's not going to throw that towel in. If he throws it in, it'll be too late. And I love it. No, uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, I very much enjoyed this match. Darby is, I said, he's my favorite singles wrestler in AEW, and he's continuing to improve why. Love the win in this match. All I did think about is, though, because there was a segment, I don't know if we missed it or whatever, where MJF pays Brian Cage to break Brian Danielson's arm. And, uh, and that might be on, shit, that might be on uh, Rampage. I might be jumping the gun here. Never mind. <laughs> uh, but right. that being said, I was like, dude, MJF. The money's right here. You want an arm broken? <laughs> Go to Kushida. He's going to break an arm. He'll break any arm you want. And he won't even be vicious about it. He's just breaking your arm because he wants to win. Right. For yeah, sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah. No, uh, I thought it was a very entertaining match. And I, it, 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 was just, it was even more entertaining because I saw how it could naturally lead to Kushida being used on another show. Yeah. Brian, De- I mean, uh, Darby's going to have to sell the arm moving forward because the arm was jacked up in this match. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be fun. I don't know how this Darby thing's going to end, but I kind of just want it to go on forever right now. I'm at least happy, like I said, because, again, it's an instant upgrade right now that we've had for the TNT Championship. No disrespect to Samoa Joe, but he was tied up in other things. Like, I mean, he's it's literally his second belt that he was holding at that time. So, Darby, you got a, an OG AEW guy who's there every week. He can constantly do amazing matches with that title. And you can throw him into a feud. And then you have Sting as an added, added element at all times. Like, it just it, it makes that title he he makes that title so interesting i feel like and it's like i said it's an upgrade immediately and i'm all for it um but that was how we closed off aew dynamite um i can kind of go through uh rampage a little bit quickly i will say the opening match between ethan page and jungle boy jack perry was really good i thought this was a like a better uh uh rampage match to start off uh the show um, there was a moment in the match, however, where Ethan Page, um, he hits the twist of fate on Jungle Boy. Then he orders for Matt Hardy, who who came down with Stokely and Isaiah Cassidy, orders him to go after Jack. And that's when Hook shows up. And that distraction then gets Ethan Page the ability to roll, get I mean, Jungle Boy the ability to roll up Ethan Page to get the win. Stokely then blames Matt Hardy for this. Ethan Page at one point comes over, says he owes him. And that's when uh, Ethan Page challenges Jungle Hook to a rematch 
against him and and Matt Hardy on Dynamite. Um, and that was the thing I love, too, about how Rampage helped inform a match on Dynamite as well. Um, I always enjoy it when that kind of stuff happens. It makes it so that way, you know, hey, you might if you want to get an idea of what you're going to see on Dynamite, watch Rampage. Yeah, because um, this Rampage was probably one of the weakest on paper they've had in a while. Yeah. And it was just like it was important for some news to come out of it. No, yeah, for sure. And the fact that it, we get another Jungle Hook match, which seems to be very over, apparently sp- uh, spiked the demo uh, the last time they were on. So, you know, uh, in fact that we're going to get another match between Jungle Hook and Ethan Page, who I think is probably the perfect villain in wrestling, and then Matt Hardy with their their own little uh, storyline with there would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, again, I, I it, the card did not look good going into it for Rampage. But you already are informing what's going to – like, hey, we're setting this up for Dynamite next week. I like it when Rampage can feed into Dynamite as well. gives you a reason to watch. Um, we then had our biggest story moment with Rampage, which was the continuing uh, fallout between Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Since the House of Black has looked to split these two apart, Ortiz comes out and says, Eddie, you've lost it. You're feeding into these mind games from the House of Black. Um and he wants to talk to Eddie face to face. And he said how he was going to hit uh, Julia Hart. It's like, you were going to hit a woman in our world. You don't do that. You know that. I know for a fact that's not how your mother and father raised you. And you can see right there, like, you hit a nerve. And Ortiz just keeps driving it and driving it. It's like, you're going to come out here with a chair. But you know what bothers me? is like, think about our mentors. What would your mentor, Homicide, say? You know what he would say? He's, you're a t- coward. You're a fake tough guy. And Eddie gets tired with it and hits him with the steel chair and walks out. And Excalibur mentions how, I mean, says the line, the House of Black has gotten everything they wanted. Um, Ortiz, you didn't help yourself at all. You were just like, you know what? I'm fucking giving this to this dude because he's pissed me off. Um, so, yeah, the split between Ortiz and Eddie has massively already happened. I will say I don't think this will happen. I kind of wish this happens because I think it would be a good feel-good moment. If this story can lead to a point where Santana comes back like and like mends everything, I think would be genuinely awesome. I know that the Ortiz and Santana have apparently genuinely had a legit fallout, and it's, it's a bummer for sure. But this story I think would do so well if Ortiz came back and – talked to or i is santana came back and talked to ortiz and was like look man like we've had our problems but what i'm seeing between you and eddie needs to stop i i can see what's happening with house of black and then you can literally have the match be eddie and santana and ortiz versus house of black that's your that's your blow-off match to me that just seems like that's that that just seems like such a natural way that this story can go and i think it would be a genuine good moment so i mean Floyd, maybe you you agree? I agree. I completely agree. If that's where this is going, or or even homicide coming, and that would be awesome too. And them doing a six, uh, going after uh, the House of Black, I am. It's amazing, you know. Yeah, but right now, like in my moment, and I'm I'm only reacting because you've actually added so much color to this. That I actually like it now. I was like, I do not give a crap about Santana. No, and for Ortiz sure. Ortiz yeah, again. Fight. I mean, I don't give a crap about Eddie Kingston and Ortiz fighting. Like when I was watching this, I'm like, why do I care about this storyline? No, and again, they've they've tried making this 
connect a little bit through Rampage with the House of Black talking to Ortiz and talking to Kingston and getting in their heads and all that kind of stuff. And it hasn't – the through line isn't fully there. But yeah. at least me – like because I look at this and I look more so – House of Black was the instigators in all of this. But I look at this more so just because of Eddie and like how tied together he's been with Ortiz and you know the people he considers his friends. Um, and to me, again, Homicide would be great. No question about it. I think firmly if you want people to fully give a shit about this story and to like really hit a true note on it. Like and I don't know if it's possible, but if it if it can happen, like Santana comes back, you get a reuniting, and he doesn't even need to stick around if he doesn't want to. Like again, I I understand he wants more Ortiz was fine being well that was at least the story that was being told was that ortiz was fine just being sitting there getting a paycheck everything like that and ortiz and santana wanted more again i don't know if it's a if it's a bridge that can be mended and how bad it is between those two but if it's a way that we can make this happen because again i think santana and ortiz reuniting and getting eddie and ortiz on the same page and then they all get together and they take out the house of black Again, I think that is such a way that – like even though the road to get to like the the overall climax of what this feud is going to lead to hasn't been great, I think that moment can make it all work if they pull that off. Absolutely. So. I completely agree with you. I just like in its infancy right now, it, I, I, I want to care about it. I really yes. do, and I don't. So make me care. That's – the, yeah, that, homicide, that right there makes you care. The, the homicide thing, I was like, okay, you're not just in AEW, they don't just throw around names. You know right. what I mean? And so I felt like, oh man, we might get homicide and maybe them three sure. versus the other three and some kind of uh crazy. And match. I thought I thought this was gonna lead to a point where Eddie would say, like, you know, the way that you're acting, this is why Santana isn't here anymore. Ooh, that would that would been this. That would see, you are you're making it better. You're making it yeah. better. And again, I don't know if they can even you talk about shit like that. Because again, I don't know what the extent of their fallout was. And I don't want to speculate. And I don't know the extent of his injury. He got hurt. No, he did blo- get hurt too. He had yeah. bloods and guts. And that was in what, May? You yes. Know, that was in May. And so, you know, we'll see. Because, uh, yeah, shit, it might have been June. Because Claudio was at the end of June at Forbidden Door, which we were at. And then Blood and Guts was like a week after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it was just like July. So I don't I if he did what I think the report was he tore ACL or whatever. He's probably still a few months away, so it yeah, could be no. building to something. But yeah, uh yeah, you just made it more interesting. I'll say that. Hey TK. Glad uh, I can help. Give my boy Austin a call, you know. Get him on the book. Please. Yeah. Please. Get him on the um, book. But um after that, um, Brian Cage beat up Willie Mack basically to build up to his match that he'll have on Danielson. Um, don't really have much to say about that, honestly. Um, Jade Cargill and Layla Gray versus uh, Jadia and Jordan Vanity. It was getting Jade to number 49 on her win record. Um, there was more problems with her and Layla. It's whatever, honestly. And then uh, Daniel Garcia versus Action Andretti, which I thought this was also pretty okay. Um, there was a moment where Sammy, uh, Sammy's on, Sammy Guevara, Guevara's on commentary. Um, and then Daniel Garcia, uh, was trying to do the dragon tamer, but that's when he got, uh, hit with a 
Tornillo off of the top rope, and then there was a running shooting star press. Garcia gets pinned, and the JAS continues to take another hit as Action Andretti just keeps getting the better of them. Um, and that's how you closed out Rampage, which I thought this was a better way to close it out. Um, everything uh, past Eddie and Ortiz, like I said, that segment was uh, it was okay. But I, I was in my mind, I'm just like, oh god, if this just leads to Santana coming back, it would be amazing. Um, I was thinking about possibilities more so than the segment itself. Um, I think the highlight for sure of this rampage was the way that it started out with Ethan and Junk and Jungle Boy, um, and and the closing match between Garcia and Andretti was also pretty solid as well. I would say. Yeah, very uh, very good show. Liking uh, Garcia in the pants, that was a little yeah uh, yeah the leather pants. He said he might keep him afterwards. Dude, I honestly, I, I know Sammy and Garcia eventually have to fight, right? Yes. But if you want me to do a little mini, mini heel tag team run for them with the kind of odd couple thing going, I'm kind of down for it. You know, like yeah, Sammy, that'd be Sammy, Sammy, Sammy's like trying to be the big brother and he's like two years older than this dude. He's like, dude, you're not very much older than me. But yeah. and, and, you know, you know, Sammy's very much out there. I always say this, like, uh, like you know, I'll use the example. It's like I'm a very out person, like outgoing, in your face, blah blah blah. Love you. I'm the dog of the group, right? Yes. And so I'm very much the Sammy of the group, right? And at times, you know, like my friends tend to be like you. You tend to be more the Daniel Garcia of their room, you know, like kind of let things come to you. And, you know, honestly, it just works when they bounce off of each other. It's all sure. that kind of chemistry works. So I would like to see a mini little mini run as a tag team if they want to do it. That would be fun. Maybe some matches on Dark or whatever, just because I like the chemistry there. And yeah, but in, in general, this was a rampage that I might not necessarily said it was the best on paper rampage. But after I came through, it moved a lot of storylines. You really did need to watch Rampage because it led into what's going to happen next. And that's what you want. You want your two shows, especially with Dynamite Rampage, two hours and one hour. You want them to really speak to each other and work off of each other so you have a reason to watch all three hours of the shows. Exactly. But that was that week in AEW. Uh, we'll real quickly preview the upcoming Dynamite tonight in Lexington. Uh, we're going to have Jungle Hook versus Matt Hardy and Ethan Page, of course. Brian Cage versus Brian Danielson as Danielson continues to work his way to MJF. We're going to get the acclaimed in the Guns family therapy. Uh, Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD in a triple threat, which is fucking nutty. That's a match and a half. Um, you got uh, Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews for the TNT Championship. You got Jericho and Sammy versus Ricky Starks and Action Andretti. And then, of course, uh, Mark Briscoe's debut on Dynamite facing off against Jay Lethal, um, which AEW has actually already put out a graphic for that match. Uh, and it it's a wonderful thing. Uh, just a picture of both of them with uh, uh, with uh, Jay uh, armbands, and it's got Jay Briscoe like, faded in the background and everything like that. It's a really cool graphic that they already tweeted and posted. I feel like that match has to be first or last. Yeah, it can't. It's got to be first or last. That's for sure. And I feel like it has to be last because, as much as I would love it being first, I feel like you want to keep at least the you want to keep at least the vibes up a little bit. 
going through. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be so many tears and things going. That's on. the thing. Yeah, yeah for sure. Especially, cool. especially from I mean the wrestlers themselves. Yeah, um, and I think it would also just be special too if everyone came out. You know, yeah. afterwards. Yep, and you get to do their tribute, and apparently it was the new bosses at Warner Brothers Discovery that kind of overruled the other bosses Good. to make this happen. And, you know, again, I, I, I'm not going to go into how I feel about that because, I, I, of course, the one thing I hate is when people tell me how I should feel about something, right? Uh-huh. I can't tell the offended party to stop being offended. You know what I mean? Right, sure. I, I can't tell them to stop being offended. It sucks. I don't like their actions. But I can't tell you, hey, quit being mad about this. Right. You, you know? So. You know, you can't, you can't, like, mm-hmm. they're the ones that are running a conglomerate, like, yeah, yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery. We're not. Yeah, so. But know. we can still say you're being stupid. I think, I, I mean, I like, oh, personally, I think you're being stupid, but I can't tell people to get over something. Because I don't no. know how things sure. affect other people. You know what I mean? And I know like, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, but, you know, they try to tell you to do it and it sucks. Right. So, yeah. But news and notes, MJNF announced, uh, J- or Jeremy Padawar had MJF announce for all us pores that uh, there's going to be a Walmart exclusive MJF figure coming out in the spring. Also, up for pre-sale right now is the MJF button-up shirt that is uh, inspired by the suit he won after he won the title, and it says "Better than you" all the way down the shirt. Yeah, I know, I saw that. I am definitely purchasing that. I, I was like, oh my god, you know, I am not a button-up person. You know this. I'm a t-shirts and sweats guy, but you know, if I ever need to wear a button-up, I want my button-up to say something that I believe. Right, for yeah, sure. No, uh, and yes, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, there's just a lot of stuff coming out, but the most important thing I'm going to say, if you can, there is no pressure. Money doesn't do anything. Thoughts, prayers, all those different things. Money helps, but you know, do what you can. Don't feel pressured. Right. Don't feel pressured to do more than you can. But if you are able to, if you have paydays coming up soon or whatever. Go to Shop AEW, go to Shop ROH, go to Paris and Tees. It's on all the different versions of the site. Order the Jay Briscoe shirt. 100% of the proceeds uh-huh. go to his family. That is awesome. I think it's special. And, you know, if you can go give in the donation, go dip that. But whatever, whatever way you do, even if it's just thoughts and prayers, do what you can. And, yeah, um... Uh, there was no more news and notes. I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, Sting, Darby, and Great Muda were successful yes. in their, their six-man match <clears throat> at uh, in uh, Japan. Muda then asked, uh, Sting said, you know, it's wrapping up. This was probably his last trip to Japan. Muda's like, no, no, come back. But uh, from all, all reports out there is that Sting literally, like, I think his contract was in December of twenty. And it ends this year, and he's not signing another contract. They have an idea how he's going to go out. I'm looking forward to it uh, with Sting. Uh, uh, I mean, he was one of my first favorite wrestlers growing up. That face mm-hmm. paint and everything. So to be there and see him get to go out on his terms the right way, 
That is appreciative. That's all I got, sir. Yeah, but that's going to close it, I think, for this episode of All Things Elite. Again, thank you so much for listening. Um, continue to follow and download this show on Google or Apple Podcast and Spotify. Share us around with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Um, you can also leave a rating and review if you are so inclined. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod. Um, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. So please check out all the other stuff that they have on their network. Um, I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. at, at Twitter. Once again, um, all of our well wishes to the Briscoe family um, and uh, our thoughts and prayers um, for the loss of a true legend like Jay Briscoe, for sure. Um, and again, yes, if you can support, uh, whether it be the GoFundMe that they put out for uh, his daughter, still recovering, um, and or if you whether it be through the T-shirt as well, that is also there. Um, either of those, feel free um, and do so if you can too, because I'm sure they they could definitely use that at this time. Um, but with that, um, I will pass it off to Floyd. He can take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Yes, this is going to be a little different ending. Tell people you love you. Tell your people you love them. And the last but not least, leave you the only way I can leave you. Reach for the sky, boy. 